This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. Happy Easter Resurrection Day. Would you just give the worship team, Relentless Dance Ministry, everybody who did all that, would you tell them how much you're thankful for them, that they came to church today? (laughs) Imagine if you came, but they didn't come. Oh, hey. So glad that you chose to worship with us this morning. Thank you so much for coming. Welcome to Oasis City Church. If it's your first time, you know, it won't be your last. You can make that decision in about a half an hour, but now and then, just don't tell me. Just, but uh, we're really glad that you're here. And you can see the theme of our celebration this weekend is I am. Say I am. Now, if you brought your Bible to church today or your phone, your phone has a Bible on it. You might not know it. All you got to do is search for one, but it's there. Um, your, your tablet has a Bible on it. Whatever you're using. Now, of course, most of you will use the screen today. But if you'll just make a point of contact and grab your Bible for a second and just kind of wave it at me. And, and uh, do you like it? Say, say, this is my Bible. I really, really love it. Look at somebody and say, as a matter of fact, these words have life in them. Look at somebody else and say, and did you know that they can change your life? Now you can look up here at me in case you feel awkward. (laughs) See, these are living words. These are God's words. I'm forever changed. I will actually never be the same. Because of the word of God. Now you can open it up to the book of John, chapter 11. I'm going to be reading from there today in our text. And most of the day will be in uh, John 11. In verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sister sent word to him, saying, Lord, behold, whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed two days longer in the place where he was. 
It's an interesting circumstance here, interesting set of facts. We are seeing a story about three siblings. All three of them knew Jesus, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, two sisters and a brother. And they actually had a relationship with Jesus. They just didn't know who he was. He actually knew where they lived. He had shared meals in their home before. They had a relationship. They had a friendship. It wasn't just uh, somebody that Jesus healed along the street one day. It wasn't somebody who gathered as a large crowd in the thousands to listen to Jesus talk. No, they had personal time with Jesus, just like the 12 disciples did, just like the 70 did just like the 30 did, just just as the groups of people Jesus spent time with, knew their names, knew who they were, they knew him, they knew what he liked to eat, what he didn't like, all those things. It was this family. And the Bible says right here that Jesus loved them. More than just the little Sunday school song. Jesus loves the little children. No, this, I mean, it's more than this. He actually knew them, had relationship with them. So they knew and were intimately acquainted with Jesus, the power of God. They knew he was a healer. They knew he was a savior. They knew he was God in the flesh. They they knew all of this about him. They had hung around him a whole lot, so they knew who he was. So Lazarus, the brother, was sick. Who better to call than the healer? So they sent word to Jesus. Why did they send word to Jesus? Because they needed Jesus to show up and do something about Lazarus' sickness. So they call him up. They send a message. They knew where Jesus was. He knew where the house was. Jesus, Lazarus is sick. And Jesus stayed two days later. Now, if your friend was in Florida right now, and you and somebody called and said they're really sick, as a matter of fact, they're deathly ill. This is this is not good. Uh, and and they just stayed at the beach a couple extra days, and you died while they were staying there. Could you understand how the sisters were feeling? But the Bible says this: Jesus loved Mary, Jesus loved Martha, Jesus loved. Lazarus. And I'm here to tell you today that because Jesus loved all of them, and in particular Lazarus, he waited two extra days. Because he loved them, he waited two extra days. Let's pick up the story in verse 17. So when Jesus came, this is a larger portion of Scripture, so just follow along. When Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? 
she said to him, Yes, Lord. I have believed that you're the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes to the world. And when she said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, the teacher is here and he's calling for you. When she heard it, she got up quickly and was coming to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but he was still in the place where Martha had met him. Then the Jews who were in, with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw Mary, got up quickly and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said, come, Lord, and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews were saying, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man also from dying? So Jesus again being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave, and the stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, Remove the stone. And Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench, for he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said, so that many will believe that you have sent me. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the man who died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a clock. And Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. Interesting story here. Interesting picture. Jesus made the statement earlier, this sickness won't end in death. He says he won't die, he'll live so that you all can see the glory of God. See, for us, a relationship with the Lord is not just getting to heaven when we die. And the way God loves us, he actually reveals himself to us. There's a, a brief passage, it, it, just a couple pages uh, to your right. If you turn to John chapter 14, verse 21, uh, says this, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them. And look at this part. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Say, that's me. If you love Jesus, you keep his commandments. Okay, we can follow that. And he says, those that I love, I'm going to do something. I'm not just going to tell them I love them. I'm going to reveal myself to them. So I pose to you that because Jesus loved Lazarus, he waited two days. Because Jesus loved Lazarus, he actually let him die. Because Jesus loved Lazarus, 
in the bigger picture, it was worth the sisters grieving so that they could not just get a hug from Jesus and say, oh, I'm here for you. Oh, let me comfort you. Let me just kiss you on the forehead and just, and just be there with you in your sorrow. No, it was much more than that. Because he loved them, he needed to reveal, I am to them. And in your circumstance, he wants to reveal who he is to you. He doesn't just want to pick you up out of your despair for the sake of doing that. If you were here last week, I made the statement that your current circumstances are enhancing your testimony. What you're going through right now is actually improving, enhancing, making better your future story, your future testimony, so that you have something you can share with somebody else along the way when you recognize they're going through something you went through. And maybe, just maybe, you hope that your current circumstance would end in three weeks or three months, and God says, no, it's got to take six months. Why? Not because I don't love you, not because I don't care, not because I don't, my hand isn't with you in it. It's because I need you to see who I am in your life. You all are going to have to be a little bit louder today. I don't know what your problem is. I'm preaching this for the fourth time. If anyone's tired, it should be me. You weren't dancing either. I'm just teasing. Because he loves you, he's committed to revealing himself to you. And sometimes in his revealing On your end, on your limited scope, your limited vision, you just can't see it. It may look like you're surrounded, but you have to believe that you're surrounded by something so much greater, so much stronger, so much more hopeful than your current situation. Because your current situation may not look like it has a lot of hope in it. What we find here is in this drama, in this story, that Jesus is questioned, his love is questioned, his motives are questioned on three occasions. The first one is Martha, the second one is Mary, and the third one is those who are mourning. And I want to break that down today because Jesus responds to these in a different manner. Let's look first time that Jesus' motives was questioned in Martha. I mean, it's in Martha, and it's in verse 20. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed at the house. And Martha then said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. The second time, his motives were questioned. The second time, they wondered, if you really do love Lazarus, was Mary. Just a few verses later, the scripture says, Therefore, when Mary came to where Jesus was, she saw him. She fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. Both sisters, same story. Both sisters, They handle life two different ways. They have two different personalities. You'll see that in a moment. But both sisters, same statement. Jesus, if you would have been here, why did you, in other words, their internal thoughts 
the motivation to say these words were, were, why did you wait for two days? You could have made it here. You could have made it before he died. Why did you wait? We know you got word. We know we came to you and told you. Why did you hang out? Why did you stick around? Why didn't you make the journey? If you just would have been here, Jesus. And then the third time, his motives were questions. Actually, it was not just an individual. It was a group of people. It was the mourners who were with Mary. See, Lazarus had been dead four days. So it's like the long funeral. And the professional criers were there. Mourning the loss. And the, and the scripture says, so the Jews were saying, see how he loved him. Now, the, that's the mourners, the Jews right there. The reason they're saying that's the previous verse is Jesus wept. So their interpretation of Jesus' emotional response was that, oh, see how he loved Lazarus. He's even sad too. But then the some said, but wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Isn't this the man who healed the blind? Couldn't he do something about Lazarus? They were questioning his motivations. Isn't this the healer? As a matter of fact, we know this is the same Jesus who rose somebody from the dead. Why didn't he show up? Why was he late? Did he really love Lazarus? Can you see him looking at each other? I mean, I love you. I would at least have been there on your deathbed. If I could have the power to heal, I would have shown up to heal. Can you hear the motivation being questioned? Jesus, if you just would have shown up, if you just would have been here on my timeline, when I needed you, when my brother needed you, when my sister needed you, we wouldn't be going through all this crying and this pain. But because he loved Lazarus, he was on his own timetable. Because Jesus knew the end of the story. He knew how things needed to unfold so that his glory would be revealed. He knew how things would unfold so that they could see who he was when he said, I am. So Jesus responds. He responds in three ways. The first way he responds is with a powerful, truthful statement. The second way he responds uh, to the second time of being questioned, his motives being questioned, the suspicion, he faced suspicion with powerful emotion, strong emotion. And the third time was with a powerful action. He knew how to respond on each different level, and I just want to talk about that. Remember this, the whole goal, the whole goal in Jesus coming late was to reveal more of his glory. You have to remember that in the story. He had a mission, and on his mission is, I got to show up late, not because I don't love them, not because I don't care, not because I don't care that they're crying and they're going through this pain. I've got to show up late so they can see who I am. So they can see who I am. I'm like Clark Kent. <laughs> Let's just look at the first one. Profound truth. Martha said to Jesus, she's the first one to come. If you remember Martha, if you knew her a little bit about her personality, she's the one who's who's 
uh, working out all the details. She's not, she, she's making sure she's in the house. She's preparing a meal. This is another story, but she's there and she's working out everything for Jesus. Mary, on the other hand, wasn't interested in the details so much. She was interested in, in the emotional tie to Jesus and bowing down and being with him and sitting at his feet and listening to what he had to say. But so, so Martha, uh, the uh, you know the, the first steward um, she is she's running out she's taking care of all the details she's like sis I got this I'm gonna go to Jesus so she's the first one to run and she speaks her mind she says Lord if you'd have been here my brother would not have died isn't it interesting she didn't say Jesus I'm so glad you're here Isn't it interesting? Her first response was it, wow, you came. Yes, I know you're late, but Jesus, you came, and we're so glad you're here because I know you can do something about the circumstance. No, she just goes right there. Jesus, if you would have been here, he would not have died. And then she kind of makes this little statement, like she kind of like throws Jesus a bone a little bit. And she says, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. It's like, Jesus, you showed up late, but I know if you ask something of God, he's going to give it to you. She's not talking about resurrection of Lazarus. She's talking about, you know, maybe you could feed us all because we're hungry. You know, maybe, Jesus, if you ask, maybe that I, I you know, my, my brother had a disease and he died from it. Maybe if you ask him that, that I will, will, won't have the disease, maybe you can give that to me. Or, or maybe you can make sure Mary doesn't die the same way. Jesus, I, I, we know you can do something. But, you know, if you would have just been here earlier, this wouldn't have happened. And here's Jesus' statement to her. He goes right in with a truthful statement. He says, your brother will rise again. He's not even paying. He doesn't give a reason on why he's late. He doesn't say, Martha, I understand. I need to tell you something. I got to tell you the whole story so that you understand. He's not interested in appeasing her feelings. He's interested in speaking a truthful statement to her so that she will simply believe. He goes right to the heart of the matter. He doesn't say, I'm late. He says, your brother will rise again. But because Martha is a detailed person, she knows the scripture. So she responds to Jesus with the scripture. She says, just look at the next verse. She says, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. In other words, I know I'll see him in heaven. I know there'll be a time where he's gone now and for 40 years I'm going to live without him. But, and I'll get to see him in the resurrection of the dead on the last day. I know what the Bible says, Jesus. You don't have to tell me. Because she knows. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. She says to Jesus, I know he'll, he'll rise again. He'll live again on the resurrection in the last day. And Jesus says, no, you've got it all wrong, Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me will live even if he dies and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And then he says this to her. He says, do you believe this? He makes this profound, truthful statement. But he needs to know that she actually believes his word. He 
could show up in your current circumstance and give you a profound truth, speak right to the heart of the matter of what you're going through right now, but it's still your responsibility to believe. Do you believe? That's the question today. Do you believe that he is the resurrection, that he is the life? And when he's making this statement, he's he's actually saying this. He's saying, Martha, I'm what Lazarus needs. I know, Martha, you got it all figured out in your head. If I would have been here, he would not have died. You'll see him in heaven again. Martha, Martha, Martha. I'm what Lazarus needs. He said, your brother will rise again. And in saying this, I'm what Lazarus needs. The only person on the planet right now is the God-man who can make the situation, who can raise the dead. The only person capable of doing this is Jesus. And he's saying, Martha, I'm what Lazarus needs. And Martha, I need you to get this. I need you to understand that I will do for Lazarus what I wish to do on my timetable. I'm the resurrection and the life. And though he who dies, he will live again. And Jesus is also saying this, Martha, I'm everything that you need too. Your thoughts aren't what you need right now. Your reasoning is not what you need right now. Your questions is actually not what you need right now. Martha, I'm all that you need because his response to her didn't end with Lazarus. He says, everyone who lives right now, Martha, you're living right now. I'm looking in your eyes and I'm saying to you, Martha, because you're alive right now, you, if you believe in me, you will never die as well. Martha, you can actually, in your brokenness right now, in all of your pain and all of your sorrow, because I'm not just resurrection, he says this to her, I am life. Martha, I'm life. Derek, give me more, please. I'm life. Martha, you need life right now, and I'm looking right into your eyes, and then it doesn't just end there because she's got to get it. He could say it all day, but she's got to get it. And he says, Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe that I can give you life right now, even though you feel like a part of you has died? You feel like a part of you is in the grave, but do you believe that I am life? The second instance of questioning Jesus' love came from Mary. Now, Mary's different than Martha. They're sisters, but they're different. And what Martha needs, Martha's love language is different than Mary's. Martha needs to talk things out. She needs to get things in order. She needs to have a plan. But Mary's more emotional over this matter than Martha is. As a matter of fact, Mary's the one who's at the feet of Jesus often. Mary shows up to question Jesus, but she actually falls on her feet when she asks the question. She asks the same question that Martha does. Well, makes the same statement. Jesus, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. The question is, why didn't you come? But she does it bowing down. Mary's a, she's got this emotional response, and Mary's the one that, that the mourners were with crying. 
the, the weepers were hanging around Mary, not necessarily Martha, because they could, they, they had a common place with her. She was the one emotionally wrapped up in the circumstance. You can understand that. It wasn't that one sister loved the brother more. No, they just, re, they just responded. They processed differently, and it's okay. But the mourners are with Mary. And so Mary has her opportunity with Jesus, just right there. And she says to him the same thing. But Jesus responds to Mary differently than he responds to Martha. He responds to Martha with a true powerful true statement about who he is and says to her don't worry your brother will rise again but with Mary it was different he responded emotion to emotion there's three specific verses where it describes the emotion that Jesus was experiencing and we'll take a look at that right here of course verse 32 she says the same thing if you'd have been here now, here's the interesting thing. In that moment, she's just not crying herself. She's got the group of criers with her. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, 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 as a man, just talking to men, have you ever been by yourself, surrounded by a group of women who were all crying? That's a really awkward position to be in. Because you kind of... You kind of don't know what to do. You don't know if you cry with them, if that's the right response. If you, if you comfort them, you, you don't know if you say something. Do I say something? Do I not? If you don't say something, why aren't you saying something? We're crying about you. And, and if you, you do say something, why are you talking right now? It's time to cry. I mean, you kind of don't have a right answer. And they're all weeping. And I'm not saying they're like, boo-hoo, little tissues, Lazarus is dead. No, these are criers. They're at the funeral. They are mourners. They're grieving. They're sobbing. And in their sobs, this is what their sobs are saying. Why didn't you show up? Why didn't you come if you would have came? Where were you? Why, Jesus? Why, Jesus? Why? Where were you? So Jesus didn't have an answer for them. He responded in emotion. And he had three different emotions. The scripture says he wept. But it's interesting that he had two other responses as well. At the end of verse 33, it says that he was deeply moved. And in his spirit, he was greatly troubled. The first word... It's two words in English, deeply moved. It's one word in the Greek. And that word is used three other times in the Scripture, particularly in the Gospels, three other times. But it's not the word that you think it is. When he's deeply moved, this is, a, this is an emotional response that's actually a rebuke. The other word for this is a warning. It's kind of like if you saw somebody on a path, if you had an aerial view and you saw them and you saw that they were going to fall over the cliff and you had to get their attention, you wouldn't be like analytical about it. Well, well you know what? If you just make a right turn right there, then you'll miss the cliff. No, you're going to say, stop! You're heading 
somewhere that you can't go. If you go that far, you're going to fall and you're going to hurt yourself. It's an emotional response of rebuke. Change your ways. Don't, don't, don't go there, in other words. So the response of Jesus without words, because you can be talking with someone and you know an emotional response, a reply. Without words, Jesus is saying, I understand your pain. I know your grief. I'm about to do something that you don't know I'm about to do. So here's what I've got to do. You've been crying for four days and I need to tell you, but I can't say words right now because you might not receive it. So I just need you to know something. Don't go there right now. I know you might not have ever looked at the story that way. But that's what the words mean. And then the very next statement, it says that his spirit was troubled. That's also a Greek word, troubled. And it means kind of what you think it means. It means agitated. At some moment in life, you need to surround yourself by faith, people that believe. And in order to get where you're going, if you don't have people around you that have faith in you and have faith in what you're doing and who your God is, you just need to be agitated by people who doubt the whole time. And at this moment, Jesus is about to do the greatest miracle of all time in his ministry. They don't know it, even though he gave them all clues. He said, this sickness will not end in death. He said, your brother will rise again. But they are still mourning. They're still crying. And his spirit is agitated. Why? Because he needs faith surrounding him, not doubt. In the next verse, Jesus wept. Now, did he weep because his friend was dead? I'm sure he did. Did he weep because two ladies that he really loved were grieving? That Mary and Martha had real pain. Not fake pain, real pain, real disappointment. Not just that their brother died, but they're disappointed in Jesus. Did he weep? Because they were in pain? I'm sure he did. But I'm also sure that part of his weeping was that he was surrounded by people whom he loved and who loved him, but they were very suspicious of his motives. They were limited in his ability. Their own minds were limited in what he was able to do. He's only able at this point to show up and show his respects. He's not able to do anything about the circumstance. They're not thankful that Jesus has shown up. They're wondering why he was late. And they're saying, well, at least you can pay your respects to. Mourn with us, Jesus. And then right after that, the scripture says one more time, Jesus was greatly troubled. And he said, show me where they've laid him. At this point in the emotions of Jesus, he's going through all these emotions, and I can't speak for him. I can't say his thoughts because I don't know, but I can just tell you what the Scripture describes them as. But at this moment, he had reached a point of agitation where he's saying, we can't stay here, girls. I need you to believe. I need to know where you've laid him. And they said, he's right over there. And Jesus then starts action. 
He was once talking, and then he was standing there emotionally. But right now, he starts moving. Take me to the tomb. Let's stop what you're doing right now. Stop. Don't go there anymore. We're done grieving about the situation. Take me to the tomb because I'm about to reveal who I am. Verse 39. Jesus said, Remove the stone. Now that's action. He makes a statement remove the stone. If you're standing there, there's a reason Jesus says remove the stone. This is good because, because you don't do that at funerals, you don't say, Open the casket. So he's got a response. Now, Martha has figured out the whole thing already in her limited understanding. She knows her brother will rise again. She'll get to see him in heaven. Jesus already said he's going he's gonna to raise again. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection. He does this whole thing. But Martha still has to, like, give her opinion. Have you ever been in a situation before where you've been in an argument, a dispute, maybe just a, you know, a, a healthy kind of back and forth, and, and, and it's over and you agree, he's going to rise again? Okay, okay, got it. You, you got it, Jesus. And, and, then, and then somebody just has to have the last word. I mean, they just got to dig it one more time. Like, in case you didn't hear me before, I have this opinion. It's actually the same one I said four other times. But in case you didn't get it, I need to tell you one more thing, Jesus. And here's what she says. Jesus says, remove the stone. Great faith. Ready? Lord, I don't think you know want to do that. I don't think you want to do that. I don't think you know what you're doing, Jesus. He doesn't say why, Martha. She just doesn't even give him time. Jesus, he's been dead for four days, and he stinks. She thinks Jesus is going in to pay his respects to the dead. She has no hope of Jesus resurrecting Lazarus. She thinks Jesus showed up four days late just so he could pay the respects to somebody that he loved. Jesus, say your respects, your last words outside of the tomb. Don't open it up. He stinks so bad at this point. She still doesn't get it. But I think verse 4 came into play. If you remember correctly when we started this in the beginning of the sermon. But when Jesus heard this news... He said, this sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified by it. In verse 40, Jesus said, did I not say that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I think at this moment, when he said, remove the stone, and Martha was still on one train of thought, I think that the group of people in the village had a moment, an epiphany. I think they had a moment that they connected verse 4 with verse 40. I think somebody in the crowd had to say, wait, 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 wait. 
didn't Jesus say, wait a second, didn't he say this sickness isn't going to end in death? Lazarus is dead, but he's opening the tomb. Maybe, just maybe. Yeah, 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 that's the Jesus. I remember hearing the story when he healed the little girl. How long was she dead? She was dead just a day. Do you think he could do it four days later? Well, he is the Messiah after all. Wait a minute, just maybe, just maybe, the crowd started getting some faith. They started believing that Jesus was about to act. And anytime Jesus acted, there was a great miracle that took place. And I think faith started stirring in the village, even though Martha still couldn't see it. She's still trying to figure it out. She's still trying to protect Jesus from embarrassment. She's still trying to protect Jesus. I don't know if I want to pray for this person right now because I'm too embarrassed that they won't get healed. Martha's dealing with thoughts of embarrassment. Jesus, don't do it. We know you love him, but don't do it. And I think the crowd is saying, wait a second, he's about to say something. So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and he said these words. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me because of the people standing, but because of the people standing around, I'm saying this so that they may believe that you sent me. Now here's very interesting point. I love the fact that Jesus is speaking in past tense. He's not standing in front of an open tomb saying, Father, I'm hoping that I have your attention. He's not standing there saying, Father, I thank you that that right now as I'm about to pray, you're going to answer me. No, Jesus says, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. You always heard me, and therefore I know now that these people need to hear me say it. He's talking in past tense. Why? Because God is previous. As a matter of fact, God has already been where Jesus is at that very moment. God already heard Jesus' prayer because God's previous. He's already been in your past, your present. God's looking in your future, from your future, and calling to you. And he already saw Jesus there. And Jesus is saying, I thank you, you've heard me. As a matter of fact, a few days earlier, Jesus is on a two-day journey walking. And I'm sure he's praying to Papa in heaven. Papa, I'm about to do this. He knew Lazarus was dead he knew he was in a tomb and he said God I've never done this miracle before but I know you're with me and I'm about to do this and people need to see it they, I, I'm not just showing up because I love Martha I'm not just showing up because I love Mary and I love Lazarus I'm showing up so that your glory can be revealed I'm showing up because I am resurrection and life and they won't see resurrection and life they'll just see a healer a friend a com, you know, companion you know somebody who hugged them a brother but they need to see I am resurrection Direction. So Jesus, all the while,s praying. So when he stands there and lifts his face in front of everybody, and says, "Father, I thank you. You've already heard me." What if right now, what you're going through right now in your life, your prayer was past tense? you believe that God has already seen where you are. And you say, Father, I thank you. You've already heard me. You know what I'm about to say. The scripture says he knows what you need of before you even ask. How does he know before you ask? Because he's already been where you need. He 
You've already, you've already heard me. And the last part of that scripture, let me scroll up. I love this. And when he had said these things, verse 43, he cried out with a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. The man who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, to them, unbind him and let him go. Lazarus, come forth. Now, now I could just picture Lazarus in heaven watching the whole thing. And Jesus says, open the tomb. And Lazarus is like, yes, okay. And then Martha says, but Jesus, I can picture Lazarus saying, Martha, shut up, will you? This is my moment. You're going to talk him out of it. No, 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 I'm hungry. And you're a good cook. And I was like, like to come down and we'd all fellowship. I could just see him. Here's his moment. And she's, with, with her reasoning, is delaying the process. After all, she knows better. After all, she knows what the Bible says, right? After all, she has, she has good intentions. And Lazarus is saying, don't mess with my moment. Come forth. So in that moment, that spirit has to enter the body. The body has been decaying. So Lazarus gets a new body. Huh. But he's still wrapped up. He got a new body, but he has old clothes. And I could just hear, the Bible says his mouth was wrapped. His head is wrapped. So, so Lazarus, in other words, is, is, is getting up. And I could, I could hear him saying, don't close the tomb yet. I'm trying to get out there. And then he comes out, and he's hopping like the Easter bunny. I'm ready, guys. I'm ready, ready here. And Jesus says, would you go help the brother out? Because, see, here's the, here's the reason, and this is a whole different sermon, and we'll preach it one day, but here's the whole point of it. See, you can be saved, and you can be set free and delivered, but you still need help. You still need friendships. You still need people. You need people to take off those grave clothes, and sometimes you're not still not talking right. You got a good body, a new body. You're talking wrong, and they say, let me unwrap you. You got grave clothes. You're talking death and not life. You need friends to say, hey, you better start talking different. You're saved. you got to start talking different. Why are you doubting so much? Let me take that grave cloth off of your lips. You need friends who say, man, you're still not living right. Let me help unbind you from all that stuff. You don't have to go back to your old ways. That's a different sermon. I don't have the energy anyway to go there. Here's my closing. I am who God says I am. And it's that simple. 
Would you just say that right now? I am who God says I am. He says, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. If you have dead dreams, you can have resurrection. If you have brokenness, you can have life. See, if God wanted to condemn the world, he would have sent a condemner. But he didn't. He wanted to save the world, so he sent a savior. And all who believe, because that's really the question that Jesus today is still asking. Do you believe? I'm showing you myself. I'm telling you who I am. But the question still remains, do you believe? Today, if you don't know Jesus, you can know him. Today, you can come out of your tomb. You can be born again. You can have a new body. Today, if you're sick in your body, Jesus still heals. He's still the healer. He says, I am healing. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. If you're in depression right now, He's the life. He can save you from your depression. We have a ministry team here that will show up in a little bit, in just a few moments. And they are here to pray for you. Don't leave here today without knowing who you are in Christ. Letting him set you free. Letting him give you his joy in your circumstance. Today, you are who he says you are. Today, you can experience heaven.